Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Warning. Well, well, well. Here we are. Another Thursday night. Let's slip into the fray together. Just you and me. Let's take some time to sit back. Get cozy. Now you know the drill. Get the kids to bed. Turn down the lights. Turn up your speakers. Get into something slinky or just take it all off. I like the idea of you sitting there at home listening to Slip Into The Fright totally naked. Oh, and grab some kind of drink, something to take the edge off, and pop some popcorn. Because you're going to join us for an hour dedicated to hot movies. Tonight we have Murray Walsenbach, New York producer from Murmur Pictures in the house. Yeah. Hello, Murray. Hey, how's it going? Good. And fingers. Yeah. Tonight we're discussing hot movies with hot sex scenes. And I have to tell you, I've been in a state of constant arousal since working on this show. There's some really exciting and believable sex scenes in the movies. And I'm not talking about porn. There's tons of that out there. I'm talking about Hollywood pussies and cocks. Now, Murray is a longtime friend of mine. It's been really wonderful watching his career flourish over the years. You're a writer, a producer. You work out of New York and Vancouver. You've directed um, and produced music videos and short films. And I want to highlight your popular Behind the Rock series a little bit later, which I was actually a host for the Abandoned Paris taping and your current movie, Project One More. So fill us in on what's happening with One More. One more. Well, it's um, it's uh, loosely based on myself and my friend Graham, and um, it's a it started as a short film, and then it became it grew into an idea of, okay, I can't afford to self-produce a feature, so we shot it. I had some amazing people come on board, and it's officially a pilot, and now I'm pitching it as a short-run series. That's fantastic. Oh, my God. Now, I'd like to start tonight with Lyric's one-minute quiz. So you have to say the first thing that comes to your mind to let our viewers get inside your head a little bit. And, of course, since this is hot movie night, slip into the fray, the questions may be a bit racy. Are you okay with that? I'm totally fine with that. (laughs) Okay. So do you like talking naughty? And what's a good one-liner? These weren't in the questions (laughs) I was I know. Um, yeah, I absolutely do talk naughty. Um, maybe a little bit too much. I try to tone it down sometimes. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's maybe a little bit inappropriate, but uh, a good one-liner. You stumped me on that okay, one. Okay, well, think about that as we're going, in, and you can blurt it out any time. Okay. Now, do you think you're a good kisser? I think so. Okay. I uh, absolutely I think uh, from the, the, the small amount of experience I've had, the feedback has been mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, has anybody accidentally seen you naked? And if they have, explain that. Accidentally? That would probably be my neighbors, because I usually leave the blinds open when I come out of the shower and walk around, and hey, I'm just putting it out there. There's if you no want, accident. If you want to peep into my apartment, you get what you get. They probably have binoculars. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever skinny dipped? No, but I've always fantasized about in a like a wicked rainstorm, because I grew up on the prairies, um, just running outside in the rain and just getting that warm prairie rain like beating down on you as you run around naked in the street. I like um, it. Vancouver would appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, except I, you'd probably get arrested. Well, so. and that's okay because it's good for your career. You yeah. Know, bad publicity, right? It's like, yes. you know, there he is. Any publicity and, I'll take. Any publicity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, boxers or briefs? Fitted boxers. Nice. And what's the sexiest outfit a girl should wear to turn you on? You know what the sexiest outfit is? It's 
It would probably be just a simple black dress. Oh, okay. A simple black dress does it for me. Nice. You know, it's nice and short and long is long flowing long hair. hair and yeah. Okay. And that's, that's heels. It. Heels, definite. Yeah. If there's nice. if there's heels there as well, then we're that's good to go. That's a boner. Boner yes. action. <laughs> boner action. <laughs> now, what's your favorite body part? It can be on a man or a woman. I'm going to say it's on a woman. Okay. My favorite body part. Wow. Hmm. There's so... I'm looking at something very distracting right now. Um, <laughs> oh. My favorite body part mm-hmm. in a woman would probably be, and it's not cliche or anything, just the lower part of the back. Like, just like right... There's a name for it, and it's stumping me. But just at the top of the crack of the, the butt. Okay, and that's interesting you say that because that's one of the, the best zones because it goes right to your brain instantly. Yeah, like if I, you love, play around I there, love that. That, uh, that little that spot. Little, you know, almost if you pull the pants down just a tad. And you see that. And you see like a, a half an inch of the It's crack. right there. Yeah. So our listeners, if you know the name of that, make sure you write in and let us know so that we can uh, we can go, oh, yeah, that's what it's called. And then I'll get it printed on a T-shirt. <laughs> Exactly. What do you wear when you go to bed? I'm really boring. I just wear underwear and a t-shirt. Okay, that's cool. Um, What's your favorite idea of good foreplay? Good foreplay. Well, it's um, definitely a lot of touching, Mm -hmm. a lot of rubbing, um, a lot (laughs) of. um, Well, I mean, not in that sense. Like, of you know, I know you're thinking, (laughs) you're thinking graphic. Yeah. Um, but very gentle uh, touching, rubbing, stroking. Mm-hmm. I, I tend to be, uh, and this is not a bullshit line. <laughs> I put the woman first. I really do. I I'm one of these guys that would that could spend the evening pleasuring a woman. Oh, well, and I and I would be okay with that. Our girls that are listening right yeah. now, you know, are are getting all excited. So that's great. Um, now, what's your favorite sexual fantasy? And it could be something that you've done or you haven't done. You don't have to tell us that. Just. Think right off the top of your head. Okay, I want to bam. On a f- and this is strictly on a female, <laughs> not on a male. Okay. Anal. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, have you ever sexted your naked picture to anyone? No. Okay. Um, phone sex or text sex? Which would you prefer? Well, in this day and age, I would probably say text. Mm-hmm. It just uh, yeah. Back in the day, phone. I don't know. It didn't really kind of jive much, <laughs> but I would say. I would say, yeah, sexting is definitely the, th- the way to go. Okay, fun. Yeah. So now everybody can see how this show is going to roll tonight. So let's get some music happening. A little Chris Isaac and Baby Did a Bad Bad Thing from the movie Eyes Wide Shut on Pacific Northwest Radio. <laughs> Feel like crying Feel like 
bad, bad thing And I feel like crying I feel like crying Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back. This is Lyric, and I'm joined tonight with New York producer from Murmur Pictures, Mary Walzenock, and of course, Fingers is here, and Stone just walked in. Hey, Stone. Hey. Murray, how's it going? It's going great. Good. Now, you just heard Baby Did a Bad Bad Thing from Chris um, from one of my favorite movies, Eyes Wide Shut. Now, Eyes Wide Shut is a 1999 erotic drama film based on Arthur Schnitzler's 1926 novella, Trauma Novelle, which is a dream story, with the story transferred from the early 20th century Vienna to 1990s New York. The film was directed and produced and co-written by Stanley Kubrick, and it was his last film as he died four days after showing his final cut to Warner Brothers Pictures. The story, set in and around New York City, follows the sexually charged adventures of Dr. Bill Hartford, who is shocked when his wife Alice reveals that she's contemplated an affair a year earlier. Now, he embarks on a night-long adventure during which he infiltrates a massive masked orgy of an unnamed secret society. Kubrick obtained the filming rights for Dream Story in the 1960, yeah, in 1960, considering it a perfect novel for a film adaptation about sexual relations. The project was only revived in 1990s when the director hired writer Frederick Raphael to help him with the adaptation. The film spent a long time in production and holds the world's record for the longest continuous film shoot period, 400 days. Is that crazy? That's that's Isn't insane. Isn't that nuts? Wow. Okay, so, you know, as a producer, you're just going, oh, my God. Now, Eyes Wide Shut was released July 16, 1999, a few months following Kubrick's death to mixed critical reaction and intakes of $162 million at the worldwide box office, which is great. Its strong sexual content also made it controversial to ensure a theatrical R rating in the United States. Now, I loved, personally, the orgy scenes in the movie. Love the ideas of wearing the mask, you know, being whoever you can be. I know, what are you doing? You're pointing to something right now. <laughs> Fingers is like, we've got basic instinct on the on the backtrack here. So The R-rated version. The R-rated version, yeah. Um, so, um, you know, it's cool because when you have the mask on, you can do whatever you want and nobody knows who you are, which is great. And I also love the eerie sound of the piano track in the movie, which I know Stone really loves. My favorites. I seem to have forgotten it. That's unfortunate. Because here, it doesn't matter whether you have forgotten it or if you never knew it.
think my favorite line in the movie is when Bill decides to tell his wife finally the whole truth of his adventures, and she says that they should be grateful that they survived and that she loves him, and there is something that they must do as soon as possible. And when Bill asks what that is, she simply says, "Fuck."
Warning, explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Lyric here in Fingers and our special guest, Newark producer, Murray Walzelnack. Hello! <laughs> on Slipping in the Frame, we got Stone in the house too. He's just checking up on me, I think. Seeing what's going on. <laughs> Stone is sipping a beer. He's sipping a beer. We're talking about hot movies tonight, and the next movie I want to talk about, and I know some of you may go, lame, but Ghost. Now, Ghost is a 1990 American romantic fantasy thriller film starring Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore, who is absolutely hot, and Whoopi Goldberg, who's, you know, okay. (laughs) Good actress, but... um, It was written by Bruce Joel Rubin and directed by Jerry Zucker. Now, the plot centers around a young woman in jeopardy, which is Moore, and the ghost of her murdered lover Swayze and a reluctant psychic, Goldberg, who assists him in saving her, although the psychic had previously been faking her powers. Did you see that movie? Yes, I did. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an old show, right? I had the old VHS cassette that was you? actually white plastic. Yeah, oh, it was kinda, my God. Yeah, it was, it was a real <laughs> marketing gimmick at the time. <laughs> The film was an outstanding commercial success, grossing over $505.7 million at the box office on a budget of $22 million. So, you know, that's pretty damn good. They made a lot of money. Now, I'm not a huge fan of the movie, but and I saw it a long time ago, but what stands out for me is the famous pottery scene with Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze sitting behind her. So he's behind her, and together they're molding clay with the song from the Righteous Brother, Unchained Melody, playing in the background. And I know I did not play that song. I did play Nine Inch Nails because I am a huge... Trent Reznor fan, of course, and uh, Closer for me was a little bit better than the song that they played. But anyways, if you really like that song, it's absolutely beautiful. It just doesn't fit into my show, but if you want to hear it, go online. It's, it's a really beautiful song. I'm always happy to pass on some fun things to do to spice up your time in bed with your lover. And since we're talking about hands and fingers... Fingers? Here are some tips of some things to do with your fingers from Men's Health. Now pretend you're an artist. Draw every edge and crease of your lover's body with your finger. This gets them focusing on sensation. Trace the border of their lips, their inner thighs, the roundness of their breasts. Or, if you're the other way around, it's a guy, his nipples, because guys have sensitive nipples. Exactly. <laughs> I like mine pinched, actually. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> Do you wear the nipple clamps? <laughs> no, I don't go that far, but um, it's like a little beep. pinching at the right moment. Yeah. At the right moment, it's like, hello. It kind of holds you off sometimes, and you're not ready to, you know. To finish the deed? Yeah. Okay, that's good. Now, hit every inch with a soft, barely there touch. And it's not tickling. Your fingers maintain contact with the skin, but very lightly. Now, um, number two. During oral, your tongue plays a starring role, but your hands deserve a little stage time too. So spreading their lips, I'm talking about your mouth, not, you know, the other lips, with your fingers makes a woman feel exposed and a little vulnerable, and it heightens the excitement. And another way to occupy your hands during oral, grab their hand and give it a quick squeeze, and that's just such a lovely way to stay connected romantically. Hold their face while kissing. Kissing isn't all just about the tongue either. It's also about the touch. So holding their face when you lock lips shows that you're fully engaged. Using your hands can make the experience more memorable. This is especially true for women. And now if you haven't slept together yet, just expertly touch her during a makeout session and she will just think that you're the best and, and won't be able, you know, be crazy and can't wait to fuck you. <laughs> can't wait to get you in the sack. <laughs> 
And the other really big thing is to play with hair during oral. So when she's going down on you, pleasure her by playing with her hair because it's like when we get our hair brushed or touched, it's very connecting. So try and remember to do that and don't just like grab the hair and like yank on it. We'll do that too. So right now I want to put a spell on you because you're mine. Next up is Fifty Shades of Grey here on Pacific Northwest Radio. I put a spell on you Because you're mine You better stop the things you do I tell you I ain't lying You're running around, you know better, daddy. I can't stand it because you put me down. Oh, no. I put a spell on you. Because you're We're back, and in case you're just tuning in, this is Hot Movie Night on Slip Into the Fray, Pacific Northwest Radio. Oh, Annie Lennox, one of my favorite female vocalists, you do put a spell on me, girl. 
song's crazy. So, I Put a Spell on You was written by Screaming Jay Hawkins. He's an early pioneer of shock rock. I don't know, do you know who this guy is? I know the name. Yep, back in 1956. So he actually, he would dress up, you know, quite wildly, like, like with um, gold lame outfits and jump around on the stage. And in 56, people were like, whoa, what's going on? But Annie's version was on her nostalgia. It was actually her sixth studio album released in 2004. And it was her third album of covers, which I didn't, I didn't know that she had three full albums of covers. So that's kind of cool. Fifty Shades of Grey is a 2015 American erotic romantic drama. And I don't know if I would call it romantic, but um, it was directed by Sam Taylor Johnson with a screenplay by Kelly Marcel. The film is based on the 2011 novel of the same name by British author E.L. James. And it stars Dakota Johnson as Anastasia Steele, a college graduate who begins a sadomasochistic relationship with a young business magnate Christian Grey, played by Jamie Dorman. Now, you, you probably know those actors, though, right? Yes. Okay, cool. So it is notable for its explicitly erotic scenes featuring elements of sexual practices involving BDSM, which is, for those that don't know, bondage and discipline, dominant submission, and sadomasochism. Now, there was so much hype with this movie, and I was really excited to go and see it, but for me, I was actually disappointed. I didn't find it particularly edgy or over the top, and I actually had to sit back and try not to think about my own sexual experiences and preferences in bed, and, you know, do it as kind of almost on layman's terms, right? And try to view it as someone that wasn't experimental and maybe that it would be really exciting and over the edge for them. So if those people watched the movie and they thought it was fantastic, great. A lot of the stuff that was in the show, I've already done. So it wasn't, there was nothing new for me. Um, but, you know, I can see how people could think it was pretty hot. Now, my favorite scenes in the show are him spanking her in the office when he show, and when he shows her the playroom. I'd actually love to have a room like that. Now, mine would be filled with wrist and ankle restraint collars, hoods, muzzles, spreader bars, bondage toys, blindfolds, dungeon irons, suspension equipment, arm binders, straight jackets, just to name a few things. <laughs> what do you think about that, Murray? Arm binders? <laughs> hmm. Stone? <laughs> so just all the stuff in our tickle Yeah, trunk. exactly. <laughs> In our tickle trunk. <laughs> oh, I can never watch Mr. Dress Up again. No. <laughs> so Vanity Fair wrote, one measure the crew took involved modesty coverings to protect the actors. So McGarvey explained Jamie Dorner had a cover over his penis. Dakota Johnson had kind of a patch that went over her pubic area right around her whole body. And this meant that the coverings had to be hidden and more natural bodily details had to be added back in while editing those scenes. And she actually had an ass double for the show, which is kind of cool, too, because that was a nice ass. Like, when you see the show, you'll be like, and then you'll go, oh, no, it's not her ass. But maybe talk about that for a little bit, Marie. Like, you know, in a sexual scene like that, and they actually use coverings. Like for filming? Yeah, um, for filming. Penis and vagina covers is what they call them. Well, what we did with uh, One More was... Um it was really kind of interesting because, I, I mean, there's a couple of little things I want to touch on, but there's there's some stuff going on right now with Last Tango in Paris, uh, you know, controversy, and um, we're watching Basic Instinct, and one of the things, I love Paul Verhoeven, but when he was shooting Basic Instinct uh, with his cinematographer, uh, Jan de Bont, um, they were shooting the famous interrogation scene, and they both talked to each other and said... Uh, 
were picking up sort of a reflection on Sharon Stone's white panties. So they asked her to remove them and said, don't worry, don't worry, it's, it's all good. They shot the scene. You could totally see her vagina. They didn't say anything. They let Sharon Stone find out on the premiere night, which I think is a shitty thing to do. Oh my God, I, don't I can care. imagine. Like, I what if care. she hadn't shaved and she had like this I, big bush there? Yeah, well, unfor- <laughs> thank- thankfully she didn't. Yeah. Um, but I, I think for me, it's, it's, it's all about communication. Like, the way we shot the opening scene of One More, and I know you guys, well, Sheldon's seen it, mm-hmm. um, I gave the actors full control. I was always, number one, it was communication. It was making everybody feel comfortable. It was a lockdown, closed set. So once the lighting was put in place, the lighting guy's gone. Yeah. Closed set. It was me, my cinematographer, uh, Sam, um, the, obviously the two actors, and then my uh, female co-producer, just to sort of just to sort of have another female in yeah, the room. Yeah, that's nice. And um, you know, it was basically you know she had the panties on, the small panties, and then she had the pasties on her nipples. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a scene that you know we had a close-up of her pulling her panties down. So what we did was, as we got the camera set up, we flipped the monitor around and let her control it. And I said, I'm going to give you control. And I just need to see two seconds of you pulling, you know, the strap of your panties down. And um, I said, you yell cut. This is on you. And as she was pulling it down, you know, (laughs) Michael, uh, the guy who's playing me in the film, he's between her legs. And he's sitting there. We're all kind of the panties are going down, 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 (laughs) down, down. And then all of a sudden she yells cut. And we all were like, there was sweat pouring down my face because I would have yelled cut like four hours ago. Yeah. But, it, I mean, nothing was revealed, but she just really took that time to make sure it was real and not yeah. cheated. And um, we just, every single thing that we did, I always told them, I said, you know, you guys are in control of this, things you feel uncomfortable doing. And she had never done a quote-unquote nude scene. I had never directed a quote-unquote nude scene. So it was huge for both of us, and I think that um, ever since then, she always gives me accolades on how professional it was. And I think that goes, I mean, I'm just small potatoes compared to these Hollywood guys, but I mean, really, that goes so far, you know, what I think. Well, you it know. builds your credibility. Exactly, you know? exactly. And so. people will <coughs> continue to want to work with you. Yeah, absolutely. So Fantastic, thank you for that. Now, this next song that I'm going to be playing, I'm actually going to dedicate it to my girl, Amanda Shear. She's the coolest hairstylist color technician in the city. And if you want to find out more about her, can you send me an email, please? And I will pass you on lyric underscore j at shaw.ca. Now, we've played this one before in a previous show for my band Head, but I think it really totally suits this episode. And I know Amanda will really appreciate the story behind this song because everybody wants to have sex like rock stars on Pacific Northwest Radio. I want my taste of heaven, but 
Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Well, hello, you sexy listeners. This is Lyric, and you're listening to Slip Into the Fray here on Pacific Northwest Radio. Hot topic tonight is hot movies. We've got Fingers and Stone in the House and New York producer Murray Walzelnuck. And hey. let's chat, Murray, and uh, you guys, about Basic Instinct, which we actually have on the screen, the big screen in the studio here. Um, now, you just heard Sex Like Rockstars from my band head, and if you like it, you should check out the video. We're hanging out, and I'm rolling around with some mannequins. Now, just go to our website, headmusic.ca, and you can watch it. You can hear our music and read the twisted story behind the album Afraid to Sleep. Just in time for Christmas, who wouldn't want to take some head home? <laughs> okay, so Basic Instinct is a 1992 erotic thriller film directed by Paul Verhoeven and written by Joe Esterhaus and starring Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone. Now, the film follows a police detective, Nick Curran, who is investigating the brutal murder of a wealthy rock star. During the investigation, Curran becomes involved in a torrid and intense relationship with the prime suspect, which is Catherine Trammell Stone, right? And um, she's a writer. So even before its release, Basic Instinct generated heated controversy due to its overt sexuality and graphic depiction of violence. It was strongly opposed by gay rights activists who criticized the film's depiction of homosexual relationships and the portrayal of a bisexual woman as a murderous, narcissistic psychopath. In a 2006 interview, Stone alleged that the infamous leg crossing that we just talked about, she she had no knowledge of. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, like, I had to say that again because that is so disrespectful for, you know, a woman just, I couldn't even imagine sitting there and watching that. And although you heard something, Stone, that she did know that it happened. Did you did not? I? <laughs> I mean, who knows? When I mean, I wasn't in the room, so I yeah, mean, it could be it could be really great promo. Or it all could of a be promo. It's, it's like, hey, you know, I didn't know this. She's like, oh, I didn't know, and then it, it yeah. causes more of a stir. Who knows? But at the end of the day, really, I want to thank you again for being honest and you know yeah. with the people that you work with because you know Absolutely. when you're naked, you're so you're exposing not just your body, but it's very that uncomfortable it. for yeah. sure. For oh my sure. god, no kidding. Now, despite the initial critical negativity and public protest, Basic Instinct became one of the most financially successful films of the 1990s, grossing $352 million worldwide. Woohoo! The film score to Basic Instinct was composed by Jerry Goldsmith. Now, apart from the score, professionally released music did not play a major part in the film, so you won't hear anything that anybody's done. You know, which is kind of cool. It's one of my favorite scores of all time. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Now I didn't, I didn't bring any into the the show tonight because it doesn't really fit the theme of you yeah. know the hard rock thing that I, I kind of dig. But um, now the scene in which source music plays a prominent role occurs during the club scene. So do you remember the show at all? I don't know where we are right now. She's it's it's going to happen. Is it going to happen? Yeah. Oh my god! Why do you think we're all looking up? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is where she's going to split her legs mm-hmm. any second now. Okay. I love the. Lighting. Are you going to pu- are you are you going to fast forward it and then like freeze frame? It's going to replay. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers has it set on replay, and so right now everybody's sitting there. Sharon's really sexy. She's got a beautiful white dress on. That lighting is. Wicked. The lighting is wicked too. Yeah, look at the sweat. Just don't want to see that guy's face anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. There we I go. saw. There's bush. I there. just saw her. Uh, there's a bit of bush. There is. Yeah. It's a bit of bush. Can you rewind it just like a just a half <laughs> hair? A what? Freeze. Wow. She's got a pretty big gash. <laughs> 
There's a there's a video there's a video on YouTube of a German orchestra. <laughs> Big shocker there, and they're playing music, and this scene is playing in the background on the screen. Nice. And they're not even playing the film music. Really? It's just so random. Oh, I love those Germans. Oh, those Germans. We love those Germans. And now we've got it freeze-framed on Sharon Stone's pussy. And that's just perfect for this show. So thank you, Fingers. <laughs> now, I was saying the club scene, and it wasn't even the club. They were like, yeah, it's going to happen. No, the vagina scene is happening. The club scene <laughs> plays a prominent role um, because the music, It's um, they're, I guess, at a place called the Roxy, downtown San Francisco. And it features Blue by Chicago singer Latour and Rave the Rhythm by the group Channel X. And it also features Moving On Up by Jeff Barry and Janet Dubois. So that's kind of cool. Now, my favorite hot scene is the bed scene. I don't know if you guys remember this or not. The lighting makes them look like they're gold. It's beautiful. Now, Douglas goes down on stone, and yes, it looks real, honest to God. And then she climbs on him and goes down. And then there's the mirror ceiling shot, right? So she's going down, you look up, there's this big mirror. That's what you're seeing, and that's really fucking hot. And then she climbs on top of him and fucks him. And just when he's about to come, she ties his hands behind his back to the bedpost with a piece of cloth and then fucks him really, really hard. And it's it's really hot. I don't know if you guys, do you remember that scene? Okay, well, it, we'll keep playing the movie and, and it'll come up. And it's kind of scary if you, I mean, spoiler alert here, because obviously okay. at the beginning this happens, the same thing happens and the guy gets murdered. So Douglas's character is like, he's so... in. He's almost taken to that erotic edge, but he also doesn't know there's like a 5-10% chance that is he going to be stabbed to death yeah. too? Well, I think that's part of the excitement. Yeah. You just don't so. know what's going to happen. And then she sort of <laughs> leans down and reaches around. It's shot brilliantly. And then she goes and leans on him. He almost screams and then she, it was nothing. She doesn't have an ice pick in her hand. Yeah. She just gives him a... Sort of like a... <laughs> I don't know. She just falls on yeah, him. Yeah, she's just like, aw, it's yeah. okay. I won't yeah. kill you. <laughs> Okay, next movie, Body of Evidence. Do you guys know that show? Madonna. 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 Stone, do you know it? Oh, look at she's naked. Um, candle wax. <laughs> candle. That. That's what I'm going to talk about. So, Body of Evidence, starring Madonna as Rebecca Carlson and William Defoe as Frank uh, Dulaney, is a 1993 American erotic thriller film. I keep picking all the erotic thrillers. It's <laughs> kind of who I am, I guess, but it's produced by Dino De Laurentiis and directed by U Adele. Do you know who that Ooh, is? Adele. I don't... Yeah, that's weird. I was just wondering who was directing that. Um, okay. And written by Brad Merman. So um, the premise of the show is an older man, Andrew Marsh, views a homemade pornographic tape. And it is later revealed the man died from complications stemming from erotic asphyxiation. I know. That's not a good... Well, I guess it's okay if that's the way you want to go. <laughs> we know some rock stars that have done of that, right? Of the ways to go. That's... Of all the ways to go. Now, the main suspect is the woman who has had sex with Marsh in the film, Rebecca Carlson, who, after being charged with murder, is represented by lawyer Frank Delaney. The trial begins in Portland, Oregon, and it is not long before Carlson and Delaney enter a sadomasochistic sexual relationship behind the back of Delaney's unsuspecting wife. Mm-hmm. So during the first sexual encounter, Delaney, overcome by lust, notices too late that Carlson is tying his arms behind his back using his own belt, which is really hot, right? Now Carlson pushes him onto the bed and removes his underwear. And while he's restrained, Madonna says, Are you scared? 
and she pours hot candle wax over his chest, his stomach, and his genitals. And just the look on his face. And honestly, that whole sex scene to me, like I've seen tons of sex, I've watched porn, tons of porn. It looked like a real sex scene. Like she, the rumor was that they were actually having sex. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys There's have been a few that. movies like that. Like um, there's been a couple over over the years that they've said, oh, do they really do that? I mean, because yeah. the scene you were talking about in Basic Instinct, when he goes down on her, it's yeah. like there's, you I've can studied see. the angles and I'm just like, <laughs> they, there's got to be like a little, the tiniest piece of cloth. You're going to feel it anyways. Yeah. It's like, even if there's cloth there, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're going to feel that down there, the heat of the mouth, whatever. It's It's got to be. And I'm sorry, Madonna's, what, 70 or whatever now? And if she says to me, are you scared? I'm like, no, let's just do this. You're like, I'm you're ready. You're Madonna. You're Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> now, the music for the film is composed by Graham Revel. And just as Basic Instinct has no popular songs in the show. So, you know, once again, very nice that there's composers that are allowed that, you know, creativity throughout the whole you know, film, right? Now, my favorite scenes are when she's pouring wax on him and his hands are tied. And another scene is of them in the parking garage. I don't know if you remember that one or not. So Madonna actually crawls on top of a car and smashes out the light with her high heel. And Defoe comes over and starts licking her pussy while she's standing on the car. So it's like right like this, right? Um, And then he gets down on the car and she climbs on top and there's broken glass everywhere and you can see there's blood and stuff. Um, and, And she fucks his ass off on top of the car with glass and it's very cool so and again it looked real to me especially when he was licking her pussy like it was just it was right there and he was like totally going at it so I don't know Madonna if you're listening maybe you can write in <laughs> let me and, know did he lick your Will- pussy for real and William Defoe is one scary ass mofo. I mean, he's scary. He's scary. Like, like Wild at Heart is one of my favorite uh, films. I love David Lynch, and he scares the hell out of me in that. Oh, you've probably seen that. Yeah, one. yeah. There's some weird sex in that one too. Is there? Oh yeah. Okay, maybe we'll talk about that a some little bit crazy later. Sex in there. <laughs> so maybe you can answer this: the making of a sex scene. Now we talked a little bit about it. So movie sex is all we aspire to be, right? It's like you know, how do you get that? perfect look and raw and awesome can a spray for sweat have you do you know about that like they if you for the sweat scenes or whatever they actually spray you down he uses vaseline <laughs> yeah actually i did say that he knows that oh yeah no well it was it wasn't in the sex scene but one of the like we we, we shot a scene it was, well it was sort of a sex scene i mean um you know there's this one of the actors she's sitting in the windowsill mm-hmm. and it has to be like hot and sweaty and in my head i kept telling the actors um, the Big Easy with Ellen Barkin. I want that hot, like the shirt is stuck to you. And um, so Twee Ho, who did the, the the female actor who did the scene, she's like, well, I need Vaseline. So she got Vaseline out of her bag and she started rubbing it through her hair. And it's uh, not, it wasn't grotesque or yeah. anything. It just made it look like really sweated down. And um, you know, then we sprayed Michael, the actor, down. So he had the you know the sweat rings under, under his, his arms, arms yeah. and his chest and everything. And then um, it just looked like when she was just sipping that water bottle, and it um, was you know sweating, and just you just it felt just it. Like it. It was real. Yeah. And she was wearing my underwear in the scene, which is hilarious. Your underwear? Oh, yeah. that's hot. That's another story for another show. <laughs> okay, folks. another show. That'll be number two. <laughs> so, what are some other things like if you're thinking about? 
filming to make um, you know it look real? Like I guess positioning. Talk a little bit about that and well, the lighting. Number, the probably number one, is huge. The number one thing you have to get around the awkwardness, and everybody's got their own little things. I mean, Michael was fantastic because it starts out where he's down between um, Lorraine's legs and he's kissing. Um, Again, this is my pilot one more, and he's kissing, yeah. and we kept doing take after take, just trying to get the right angle. And then, you know, he was so awesome with her, just being very comforting. And, and um, you know, after, I think, the sixth take, he just said, can somebody give me some barbecue sauce? I just want to start spreading it on her leg and just, you know, <laughs> brushing it all. And then we all burst out, she course, burst out yeah. laughing, and then it just broke that sort of tension. Of course, And yeah. I think that's... It's just being comfortable with the people that you work with. And mm-hmm. I was so fortunate. We're like a family. I'll know these people for the rest of my life. Like oh, I said, yeah. uh, Michael Renner, who played me, I said, you are going to play me to the to the bitter end. Like I said, when when I'm, you know, there's going to be a film where you're going to be in a cabin in the British Columbia mountains, <laughs> and you're going to have this big gray woolly Grizzled. beard. <laughs> and, you know, he's, he got a kick out of that. But it's just because they they really worked so well together and they were so comfortable. And, yeah, there's, I mean, like, to, to get back to your technical question, I mean, like, you can spray on the, you know, the fake sweat mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But, honestly, it's the lighting. Once you get the lighting right, the lights are smoking hot. Mm-hmm. So whether you're, you know, you're hardly wearing anything or whatever, you're just sweating you're naturally. Sweating You've got that sort of glossiness to you, oh, like, to okay. your skin. And... Um, Sometimes that can pose a problem because then the makeup starts to run and things right, like that. Right, so you have right? to have a makeup technician. So you've got the on makeup site. on standby, calling the makeup in. You know, when everybody's in robes and so like, okay, let's get back to this thing, and people are patting down and yeah. So, but yeah, it's just really being comfortable and um, just getting the lighting right. And you probably want to try and get the scene done all in once instead of like, okay, let's take ten minutes for a bite to eat. You know, no. it's like you got once you're in that, you must you know yeah. want to get it done so we can move on to the next absolutely like i was all about shooting it from the beginning of because it's kind of like the scene that i shot is it real did it happen who knows you'll find out when you see it Mm. um so we shot it sort of in sequence and that's exactly how i edited it oh that's really cool well i'm really looking forward to seeing that i can't wait now murray can you give me five examples of movies that have your favorite sex scenes in them so we are going to talk about a little bit about that. I try. So, okay, I sort of have a few in my head here. There's so (laughs) many different ones. Um, I love Woody Allen. I mean, a lot of my stuff is Woody Allen. Um, So I'd say one of... And I know there's no particular order here. uh, Match Point with... um, Jonathan Rise Myers and uh, Scarlett Johansson. They're okay. um, they're out and it's pouring rain. They're in a field of of sorts in in the English countryside, and it's it's kind of gross if you were just walking and you're drenched in rain and you're in this field. But when you're in the heat of passion and having sex, it changes the whole tone of the film. And I think it's one of Woody Allen's of the eighty films he's done um, most erotic. Scenes, and I think it's fantastic. Okay. And uh, and I had to throw that in there because I love Woody Allen. Nice. Um, well, another one. Well, we talked about Basic Instinct, so I'll skip over that. Okay. Um, <laughs> it, it, I tried to pick different all over the place. One of them is called Irreversible, and it's I believe it's a French film, and it's a very weird, twisted. It's borderline. I don't. I. I, I 
it's kind of I think it's a rape scene I only mm-hmm. saw it once it's not something you'd ever want to watch again um, it goes on for like forever I believe 40 minutes the rape and scene goes on for 40 minutes well no there's, there's like this, this they're, they're having sex in this, this tunnel and the camera the, the music is like a droning sound and the camera's just sort of drifting slowly back away 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 and it's the director just really fucks with your mind when you see that thing and you're entranced you just feel so uncomfortable but you can't take your eyes off of it would you get it on netflix or how where would you, you find you that you definitely can find it it's it's out there on dvd and oh, okay, stuff cool. like that so um so i'm trying to jump all over the board yep, here that's cool. um bound with uh, gina gershon and jennifer tilly okay. um by the what well, originally by the Wachowski brothers, which are now the Wachowski sisters, because oh. they've both gone through the change. Nice. Um, that was probably one of the most realistic um, lesbian scenes I've ever seen. And, pff, I mean, Jennifer Tilly and Gina Gershon. Making I mean, out? It's like, whoa. That's that's all they got to do. They, <laughs> they just, gotta, just sit there. They just got to sit there and play with each other's hair, and I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, here's, like, my, here, here's my money. Here's my you know, money. Take my money and run. <laughs> Um, another one I feel I got to mention is Nine and a Half Weeks. The mm-hmm. whole scene at the end, like they're just sitting in, uh, with an open refrigerator and he's feeding her all kinds of food. And it, it gets kind of weird at the end where he's, uh, you know, squirting the honey <laughs> and it's running down her face and breasts and everything. But it's just, it's almost like borderline like food eroticism. Exactly. Wish you were here last week. I yeah, know. Exactly. We, had, we talked yeah. about that yeah. exact thing. So um, did you talk about Nine and a Half Weeks? Yes, we did. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... Um, <laughs> I don't know if I've hit my five yet. Uh, I think you have. Okay, one more. Let okay, me do one, one more. Because okay. I'm, try- I'm trying to pick ones that are all over the map. Okay. Then. Um, this one's way out there, but okay. it's Team America World Police. Which I just saw for a quick second. I and thought, what the fuck is that? There are... It's all puppets. So if you've seen it, it's puppets. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. It's fun. And it's probably one of the best sex scenes you're ever going to see and it's puppets <laughs> one of the best vomit scenes yeah and it's oh, really it's, it's crazy oh and it thrusts you uh, it's just weird it's weird and crazy and funny and um but I, I know i've gone over my limit but i have to i mention one more okay and it's okay. very because i love david lynch as we all know yes. this but i have to throw in blue velvet oh yeah this is one of yours right there mm-hmm. are a million things in that like from feeling uncomfortable to you know the peeping tom then he becomes you know she takes the the female takes control of the situation which i kind of love because she's kind of beaten down again spoilers if you haven't seen the film and if you haven't seen the film shame on you yeah no kidding but you know this this woman dorothy valance i mean her child's been kidnapped she's being blackmailed etc she finds kyle mclaughlin peeping on her in the in the closet and then she pulls out the knife and just after she's been raped basically by dennis hopper she suddenly takes control of the situation and has kyle mclaughlin do all kinds of crazy things and then she wants to be hit is one of them yeah. and it's disturbing and erotic and so well done and brilliant and um i mean david lynch i mean another one christ another one of my favorites oh my God, so yeah. anyways i'm gonna stop talking because i still got more but that's it okay but we're gonna save those for the next episode that yeah. we will have you back on definitely oh, i would love to come back yeah, for, that. for sure so on that note let's take a listen to something in the air david bowie from American Psycho here on Pacific Northwest Radio.
there a big bush? Okay, that is huge. That is that is dinner plate size. Oh my god, it's like where's the weed whacker? Hey, we're back. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. This is Lyric, and you're listening to Slippin' in the Fray on Pacific Northwest Radio. And my special guest tonight, in case you're just tuning in, is Murray Walzelnuck of Murmur Pictures out of New York City. Say hello. Hello. And if you're just tuning in, where the hell have you been? I know. Where have you been? That You've been is having just, a blast. This I know. is so much fun. It is so much fun. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Um, Stone's in the house tonight, too, from my band Ooh. Head. And Fingers, of course, on the control. And he actually knows the password on my phone now. He's like in there on my Facebook oh, and wow. checking out my dirty pictures that I have on there. <laughs> All my nakeds. <laughs> so the last film I want to chat about tonight is American Psycho. Yeah. So Something in the Air by David Bowie was one of the tracks in the film. And American Psycho is from the year 2000, American black comedy horror film. And it was co-written and directed by Mary Heron. I'm not sure if you're aware of, of Mary Heron or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on Brett Easton's Ellis's 1991 novel of the same name. It stars Christian Bale, William Defoe, Jared Leto, Josh Lucas, uh, Chloe Sevigny, Samantha Marthas and Carrie Seymour, Justin Therix, and Ruth Witherspoon. I wanted to say all those people because they're all—they've all got pretty uh, big roles in it. So, but I think my favorite scene in the movie is when Christian is fucking and looking at himself in the mirror and checking out his muscles and his performance. It's so egotistical. Oh my god. Don't you think? Like he's like kissing his biceps. Oh, and he's, he's like he's like pounding, and you know. Just I love like Christian watching. Bale, but in that scene I'm watching, I just was laughing because you just want to punch the I guy. I know it's like you know? really like nobody cares. You're like you're a, you're an idiot, narcissistic. Man. Yeah, exactly. Piece of filth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. I actually love having a mirror to fuck in front of. That's so much fun. And my bedroom has a whole row of mirrors on the side of the bed, which is, it's good fun to uh, see what's going on. And it's a good way to know yourself too. So I highly suggest masturbating in front of the mirror. It's fucking amazing and you should try it. Isn't that what we all do though? (laughs) Masturbate in front of the mirror. Some don't. Some people are so um, aware of their body, um, you know, parts that, that aren't perfect. You know, they see a little bulge or whatever, and and they can't get around that. I just mm. say, even if you're oh, man. whatever, oh, just man. like totally love yourself. And you know, it's funny because you gave early in the program, you gave me five films, and I think I went over and I went to I don't know eight or nine. I, I do this, <laughs> and I was like, damn, there was one more film I wanted to sneak in there because I'm trying to come up with different ones. And now I I have a way in. You have the end. I have a way in. You said mirrors. And masturbation? Well, it's not quite masturbation. It's a sex scene in a movie that nobody's ever going to think of. But it's The Shining with Jack Nicholson. The Shining. Okay, I love that movie and I can't think of it. There's ghosts and weird creepy stuff. And when his mind is starting to go, he goes into this one suite in the hotel and there's this beautiful woman in the bathtub. Right. And she comes up and he starts making out with her. And I'm starting to laugh because <laughs> it's creepy weird. And he's rubbing and he's touching her. And then all of a sudden when the camera swings around, here comes the mirror. Here comes the mirror. This woman is this decapitated. No, she's not no, decapitated. No, she's not. She's, but her well, skin's she's, all like falling she's, off. She's like, she's like the walking dead. Yeah, she's like a hundred. He's making out with a hundred-year-old corpse. Oh, yeah. But he's just... <laughs> He's just going to town on this thing. And it's 
nasty and it's it gross. Is. And it has a mirror. It so has there a you mirror. Go. Oh my and god. Did it for you? Yeah, that's what it I was just gonna say. Did me. you have a boner pre? It didn't do pre it for old me. old woman no. thing. <laughs> I was afraid through the whole movie. <laughs> I love that show, The Shining. Oh, I don't like that feeling of isolation and and nobody's around yeah. and. It, it well, really that's why it's effective. Jack. Like Alien, like nobody can hear you scream yeah. in space and all that sort of... That that scares that me. That scares you. So, so you wouldn't was, be good locked inside of a box. No, no. And it wasn't like a good scare, <laughs> like a, like a, a, an erotic scare. Yeah. It, was, it was a scare scare. Yeah, it's not like you're tied up and you're like, is she going to bite it off? Yeah, and you scare. know something's like, coming. Yeah, you know. <laughs> 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 okay, so now it is... Time for Fingers Rant of the Week! Yay! Yay! Rant of the Week, Rant of the Week, Rant of the Week. Why the hell can't Vancouver have Uber? Uber. Why not? Tell us what it is. Well, we'll get a sponsor. It's service is what it is. Okay, tell me. Because we certainly don't got any here. I waited three hours for a cab the other day. Freezing cold, starving, late for work, but we can't have Uber. Why can't we have Uber? Good question. And isn't it the cab companies that are trying to mm-hmm. reject yep. it? They're yep. not letting it in? Yep. Mm-hmm. Three words, Mayor Gregor Robertson. You know what? There's a new service in town, which is absolutely ridiculous. I got this thing in the mail, and it said, join Ripe Rides. Oh, I don't know. It said, you know, it says we're better than Uber. We have, like, 2016 Cadillac Escalades, da, da, da. Um, you know, uniformed drivers, bonded, whatever. And I thought, okay, so I guess this is our version of Uber. So I signed up for it. I downloaded the app. I got all excited about it. And then I actually picked up the postcard, and I read in there. And we live in Olympic Village, and it gave an example of if you were to take a ride from Olympic Village to, um, you know, one of our arenas here, Rogers Arena, which if you walked it, you could, you know, you're healthy. No, not even that. A healthy, brisk walk, 10, 12 minutes. Okay. It said twenty two dollars. Is would that be the bad? Ride cost. That's good or bad? That's I don't know. Ridiculous. Like cab costs either. So Uber would cost you five dollars. Oh it, really? It oh tells God. you how much it's going to cost. Yeah. And they don't expect tips. And that's Vancouver. Oh. And they're so. And then and then it gave the other example, which is hilarious. It's like this thing is like written for me. It goes Olympic Village to um, uh, Cactus Club in Coal Harbor, which as a cab ride would maybe be about $10, $12. Okay. It was $32 for this Ripe Rides. Do you get a hand job too? And I thought to myself, <laughs> I go, are we really, we really are a city of millionaires wow. then? Because that's what they're brutal setting yeah. this up for. So I deleted the app. I tried to delete my account and I keep getting emails from them and I have zero desire to use the service because it's ridiculous. Yeah. And wow. yet when I travel to Nashville, New York, LA, anywhere, Seattle, yeah. Maui, I use Uber, Lyft. Lyft is another great one. I haven't used that one, but Uber, they will say, hey, we're like 10 minutes away. They tell you. Yeah. So here I'm sitting here for three hours. No one's showing up. I'm going to phone them again and see what's going on. Well, you can't even get through to them. You're Uh. on the phone for half an hour. Your phone bill's getting rung up and your battery's going dead and it's two o'clock in the morning. That's because they got to deal with a phone company too. This is freaking brutal. Just give us Uber or give me death. (laughs) What is... What's, what's the rationale wow. for allowing rape rides but not Uber? It's greasing the, the wheels. That's what it is. I mean, he's going to deny it, but I mean... I, I've, I was in a cab one time, and I actually said to the guy, um, wow, I'm so glad I got you because, you know, it's such a busy night. 
And he actually turned to me and said, "We, as a cab company, want Uber because there is just, because of the restrictions and how expensive it is to bring, like, to get a cab license. I don't know. Don't quote me on this. It's like it, fifty grand or something. Oh, it's right? a, it's it's closer to a hundred. Is grand. it really? Oh like, my how, god, that's like a mortgage. I don't understand how anybody." can afford to do that so he said you know we actually we were working like you know 20 hours a day we can't even keep up and people oh are pissed God. off and all that. it would actually you know help the problem yeah and um especially like you know people that live in surrey and they're trying to get a cab from downtown and they can't and that's illegal to do that but they still do that oh and they God. do countless of these you know hidden camera things and nobody does nothing but um the head of the cab companies have my cab driver told me, he says the head of the cab company is that he he works for them, but he still rejects the idea that they paid off you know the mayor's office like like a hundred thousand dollars or whatever to keep Uber out, which is absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous because oh we aren't getting served and we yeah. need to be served. We need to be served. And what? Because it's December and it's Christmas time, I gotta shut down my business. Yeah. I rely on these companies to take me to to and from work. Yeah. You yeah, are. You're but out no, about. we're nine to five. The Christmas people are out partying. Yeah. And, uh, oh my God! You phone in. That's not a priority. The people on the streets flagging us down are a priority because when people phone in, half of them are fucking dilly dallying and don't come down the stairs for ten minutes. Yes. <laughs> oh, pull away, and they get charged. And you, that's what you would do. And add yeah, in. They should, yeah. a, they should have a deposit, like a credit card on file or something. To use that's a cab. Like, bam. And if you're not there when I come, you're out, and you're getting charged thirty bucks. You should start a fucking cab company. Well, <laughs> on, on a side note, on a side note, since we're on a sex show, I don't want to be there when you come. But but um, but on uh, but number two, <laughs> add rain to that situation, yeah. and that like quadruples oh, yeah. the problem. Oh, like my that God. three hour wait, I could have walked to and from there about four or five times. But, but not with all your gear. Exactly. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Okay. And they knew I had all this stuff, too, and they avoided me because of it. Ah, that's the worst. I'm so sorry. That's the rant of the week. Uber would be better in this situation, but many times I've been in a band and we've ordered two cabs because we have gear and we tell them we have gear. We have a lot of gear and they they send us and we say we need a van. Yeah. Or two vans, even, and they come with two of these little tiny esprits or something like that. There's no way, even with a roof rack, we couldn't get our stuff on. So, man, that's well, cab company. I don't know if Uber would be better that way. Yeah, I don't know. They would be great. <laughs> okay. We are going to get Uber into Vancouver, and they're going to be a sponsor on Slip into the Fire. Yes. Mm-hmm. Woo! Yes. Better, our first big oh, sponsor. Man, why not? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Except, why not? actually, Murmur Pictures is a sponsor already. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a sponsor. <laughs> You knew that, of course. We're going to cut that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Murray, I've got some questions for you. I'm sure our listeners would love to have answered some more. Now, these are actually about your business. Oh, you need a beer? You can just say that. Oh, I didn't know I could say that. I thought it did hand signals. I'm like... (laughs) No, it's like striker I thought that was Madonna. Yeah, it is. (laughs) I'm like, what's he doing? Well, that's that's my Vogue. Vogue, That's your Vogue. Vogue He's voguing. beer. Okay, cool. So, um, now these are about the business, not about the little sexual um, questions I had in the beginning for you. So, do you like attending screenings of your own work? Yeah, I don't have a problem with it because I don't like... Um, Lyric and I have done uh, stuff in the past where we've acted in stuff. and I'm Okay, just let me interject. 
Am I not the best actress you've uh, ever seen? Uh, using life? that term, acted loosely, right? No, but I mean, for me, it's like I laugh. I'm like, oh god, like oh, I should have went to the gym before this I shot, suck. or oh, I shouldn't have had ten beers before this shot, or whatever. <laughs> and I'm just like, nobody's gonna want to see this because I did that little spoof on Californication yep, and whatnot. That was so fun, and it was fun to do. But yeah, I don't like that. But for um, directing, writing, oh my god, like my, I think one more. I've probably seen it. Well, from editing, but when oh, it was yeah. completed, I've probably, like, there's some nights where I just sit there, and I don't know, this isn't like an egotistical thing, yeah. but I'll just sit there, and it's been a while since the premiere, and I'll just sit there and crack a beer, and I'll put the headphones on, and I'll watch it just on my, you know, my Mac, and I'll sit there, and I just love watching what we did, because... It, for me, it's magical because I wrote it, I directed mm. it. I had some amazing people that came on board, like Emmy winners. I had, you know, the guy that mixes David Lynch's yeah, films since the mid '90s work on this thing. Um, music from Moby in there. Yeah. Um, it just it blew my mind. So for me, I I could watch it a thousand times and I don't get sick of it. And it's not, you know, seeing my name in lights. Man, that's a part of it, but. I'm just so dick goddamn proud of that thing and how everybody came together and put this thing it just I'm proud of it. Yay. No, that's great. Yeah. Now, where does an idea for a movie usually begin for you? Well, this okay, well this one I'll go back to this one more thing again idea, but I was going through this dark place a couple of years ago and I I went and I started taking transcendental meditation. David Lynch does it. I re- admire and respect the guy. I hosted his documentary on that at the uh, Rio Theater. Um, we were there. Yeah, we were there for that. You guys were there. It was kind of a weird moment for me. I don't. I will admittedly say I do not meditate at this moment. I'm. I meditated for about six months. I went through the program. It hit the reset button. I came out of it and I got this idea for one more. And I thought it was really inside of me the idea mm-hmm. the whole time. So where an idea comes from, it's really weird. People say to me, oh, you know, if you're sitting there, you're drinking or you're high and you write down these ideas and you think they're fantastic and then you sleep on it and you get up the next morning, you look at it and you go, who the hell wrote this piece of shit? I have the reverse thing going on. Like, I'll I'll sit there alone and I'll just have a couple of beers or I'll, I'll listen to, like, Pink Floyd or whatever I feel like listening to at that time. Mm-hmm. And I get these ideas and I start jotting them down. And then I wake up the next morning and I'm like, these ideas are pretty solid. And then I can still take them and run with it. And I've got two feature ideas now from, I don't know where the hell they came from, just deep within inside me or whatever. And I'm, I'm you know, working on polishing that pitch. Nice. You know, to, to get that going. So Excited to hear about uh, those yeah. ideas, but we won't give it away right yeah. now because we don't want people stealing the ideas. Don't want people stealing the ideas. <laughs> it's like, oh, hey, yeah, I got a really well, good idea you know, for I can give a little bit away because I'm really proud of this one okay. idea. It's, um, well, if, if you've seen Woody Allen's um, of Manhattan, it's uh, an older guy and a very younger female, which I know happens a lot. But um, it's it, take that and place it right smack in the middle of the the Canadian prairies in the middle of the winter. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, and the the male, yeah, I'm just going to stop yeah, there. Yeah, just stop so there. The nipples are a little harder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Cool. Uh, what kind of routines do you tend to keep around writing or filmmaking? Do you even have one? 
Routines. Um, well, like how does a typical day start for you when you're in full swing production, maybe? Well, I've, you know, I do, I find that I'm most creative. I come up with these crazy, wacky ideas late at night, but um, I find like practical, like practical um, writing I need to do in the morning. Mm. I get up. I don't, sometimes I don't even shower. I get up. The first thing I do is, you know, I, I put on coffee, turn the computer on, and I just open up Final Draft and I start. And then I usually look at the ideas that I came up with a couple nights ago or whatever, and then I start writing. And that's where I'm, I'm, a, I'm probably up till noon. That's where I'm, I'm creative. Cool. Afternoon's kind of different, but mm-hmm. it usually for me, writing is always early in the morning. Okay. Um, but the creative ideas come any time of the day. Like Nicholas Avenue, one of the actors in One More, we really connected, and I brought him in as a writer now. So we wrote oh. the second part. I'm technically calling it One More 2.0, but um, it's either going to be the extended pilot or a, a, another episode. Um, but him and I just sit there, and we feed off each other. And he's not really a writer, per se, but it's he's got the credit of story by now because... We'll sit and hash out stuff, and I'm like, okay, so we're in the scene. How does he come in there, and what's her story, and what's this? And he knows all that. Oh, that's cool. So I take those things, I write them all down, and then I'm like, fuck, this works. So he can't necessarily sit there and write a script. I do that, but the ideas flow. So as we go forward, it'll be story by, you know, Murray Wasson, like on Nicholas Avenue. Right. And then written by me, because... um, you know he's such a creative force in this thing now, and mm-hmm. he wants to be a big part of it. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that answers. You know, yeah, I talked for all sure. over the map there <laughs> <laughs> again. Oh no! Now, what other films and filmmakers are important for your work, or simply your life outside of your work? Okay, so the big ones, obviously, Alfred Hitchcock, Woody Allen, um, David Lynch. Um, but then Josh Radner, who played in How I Met Your Mother, mm. um, you know, he made his money doing this this series, and then he started doing these fantastic independent films. And um, I actually used Twitter for a positive thing, <coughs> Donald Trump. And so then um, I I tweeted something about a couple of his movies, uh, you know, a picture of two of the Blu-rays of the movies, and just said I was so. I felt like this guy was like a brother of mine. Like, I've never met him, but I just, I really connect with his films. And two, like, the two films are Liberty Arts and Happy Thank You More Please. And it's all one word. Um, And they're just fantastic little films. And I really, I find more and more that he's kind of the guy I'm sort of leaning towards because he's this independent guy. And he, you know, he. You know, was on a, a show for years and years on a network, made his money, and then was able to get enough clout in Hollywood to write and uh, produce these two independent films. And I, I kind of admire that a little, like more than, you know, just a big, big name. You know, course, that just gets yeah. money thrown at them. Like, uh, I won't name certain filmmakers. I think just should just stop. Yeah, but they keep getting money and they keep making terrible films. Well, it's it's kind of like the music industry in a way because there's so many really talented independent yeah. bands who are out there struggling, and the bigger bands that keep on throwing out the material and they've got backing behind them, and it doesn't really give those people, you know, yeah. us as indies, the chance to kind of get through. Even though we've got really great, we've got 
fantastic material. Oh yeah, fucking great songs. Absolutely. You know, but it's it's kind of the same thing in a way, right? So. Absolutely. What is the greatest film you've ever seen? Like, if you had to say one film, I know that's a really stupid Ooh. question because there's so many, but just what for you just does it gets you into boner mode? Wow, <laughs> are we talking sex scenes here, or just in the sense well, that okay, it's just let, like my favorite? I'll film give you of two then. Time? Your favorite one that just makes you so hot and horny, and then your greatest film that uh, you think is the best film ever made. Wow, that's a tough one because there's so. I always joke around because, like, I was like, "What's your top, f- you know, five films? Which top ten films?" There's so many films that I love and, and adore. Um, one film I could say that I could watch a thousand times over is Big Lebowski, but hmm. does it get me excited and sexual? No, I hope not. <laughs> Except for <laughs> well, then I'd worry about you. <laughs> without a doubt, I could probably say Basic Instinct. Mm-hmm. Really, it is. It's got to be my number one. I think I've owned it on VHS like five times. I owned it on Laserdisc. I owned it on DVD for. I think I had four copies of that. Wow. Blu-ray. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, Basic Instinct it yeah, is. I think that yeah. wins. <laughs> I think I've had three Blu-rays of Basic Instinct. I even have, like, a DVD where they've got an ice pick pen that writes red. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I got that one. Wow. I totally got that set. You so have to bring it to show us next time. I think that is the number one. <laughs> yeah, I really have to say that is the number one. I mean, I love the music. I love the acting. I love Michael Douglas. I love Sharon Stone. I love the themes. You know, nothing offends me in it. I think it's great. <laughs> and I think it's dirty, trashy. It's, w- it's got it, w- it all. Will it, will it hold up to be like Citizen Kane? Who cares? Who I cares? Mean, really, for me, I don't put films in that spectrum. Like, oh, my God, like, this is what people, you know, look up to. Yeah. Whatever you, whatever, whatever in film I feel that you respect or you love... Just make that your favorite film. Yeah, just embrace because it. I, I mean, I learned the, the, one of the things from meeting a lot of people, like in the film industry, is that you know I can watch a movie. It could be the shittiest movie on the planet, but if somebody says it's a terrible movie, but watch it for the lighting, watch it for the editing, watch it for the acting, watch for just this one actor's performance. Everybody else sucks. Yeah. I can do that and not be bored because I look at it as a film lesson. So maybe most people can't really do that. I can. And I can say, you know what? That's a great movie. Even though most people think it's a shitty movie, but it's got elements in it that are fantastic. Okay. Well, that's a great, great way to uh, end that up right there. Um, I also wanted to just quickly talk about Behind the Rock. I know that it's on hiatus right now. Is that correct? It's it's not on hiatus. It's um it's one of those things where when I left it two years ago, mm-hmm. the last we sort of bookended it with fifty four forty. Started and ended with fifty four forty. Um, it's one of those things where um, if if there's a fan out there, and if you know behind the rock, it's yep. basically I take a fan backstage and they get the opportunity to interview um, their favorite band. So. For me, um, Behind the Rock is it, it, it's a passion project. I love it. I wish it would have went somewhere. I tried to um, pitch it to... And I, I, I bite my tongue when I say this because I know directors that are, are working on stuff with MTV. And, uh, you know, I love and adore them. And, you know, good for you for getting your paychecks and whatnot. 
But when I, I think of MTV and I think of much music, I think of music, I don't think of teen pregnancy dramas or, mm, or, or vampire of things or whatever. Um, and that's fine. But with Behind the Rock, I really tried to pitch it to those things, and it never went anywhere. And I really feel bummed out because every single band, I think we did 22 episodes, every single band in that series um, said, I would rather be sitting here interviewed by somebody who maybe stumbles on their words, who's a little bit nervous, yeah. but is a real true fan of our music, than some some jag off from you know the local news. Re- I've had bands say they sit there with a printout of their Wikipedia page, so I. So in 1992, you did this album called you know whatever, um, the Fingers album. Just making it up, <laughs> and uh, you know, and they're sitting there like rolling their eyes, like yeah. but they're doing the promotional thing, whatever. I love geeking out with these fans that know more than I know. Yeah. And I think it's awesome. And so Behind the Rock is always there. It'll always live there. I, uh, friends friends of mine have told me that it's it's a time capsule. People yeah. are going to explore it 20 years from now and go, you know, this is a great thing that you did. Really, it and, was. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I'm so proud of it. And I mean, the other thing I was struggling with was, you know, everybody's like, well, everybody's attention spans online are three minutes if it's longer than three minutes, they're going to click off and not watch it. But I said, you know what? Then I don't want that audience. I want the audience that, if they're looking for Marcy Playground, which was one of the coolest bands that we interviewed, yeah. when we stopped rolling, we were having beers with them after afterwards, and we were talking about the craziest shit. And yeah. I said, I wish the cameras were still rolling. And they looked at me and they said, but this is where we're bonding right now. This is where we're having the best moment. Yeah. And I said, you know... This is what I love about this 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 whole process. I love about this show. And I said, I wish that it got a greater audience, and I wish it could just do something different. And the idea is always there. Yeah, you never know. You might revisit it sometime, and yeah. you might do a, a special ten year yeah. event or something. But and uh, it's and it, like I said, it's not dead in the sense that if a fan came to me and said, "Look." You know, this band is coming to town. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Like, let's interview this band. I would make it happen, yeah, and we could sure. do it, and it could be behind the rock 2017. And it's it's not a dead thing. Yeah. I, I'm not under under any contracts with a network or whatever, so I can you can do whatever you want. Do it whenever I want. So, last question tonight, Murray, is what is your project that you're working on right now, and what can we see in the future from you? My project that I'm working on right now has to be one more. It's number one. Um, I'm putting everything I can into it. I've got some big names attached now to the second part. It's just financing. The first the first part of one more was self-financed. Mm-hmm. The second part, I mean, I don't have $10 to put into it. Um, I'm really looking for financing to make it happen. Um, a lot of people are saying, like, why would you bother? Because you've already done the pilot. Um, where is this 2.0? Is it, a, is it another episode? Um, it could be a bigger pilot. It could be something bigger. And um, everybody involved wants to keep it going. And so that's my thing. But I'm pitching the CBC right now. One of the things I learned um, just from meetings at Telefilm is that you never show up at a pitch meeting with what you think is your baby and you love and adore it, and you're sitting there, and you pitch it, and you've, you've got everybody's ear, and they go, this is great, but where would you see it in our in our program lineup? And you mm-hmm. can't answer that question. If you can't answer that, li- that question, 
you don't you didn't earn that spot to pitch it. So right. what I'm working on right now is pitching two quote unquote Canadiana features. So um, in the new year, hopefully, I will be sitting at the CBC, and I will try and pitch them one more. And you know, if it works, great. If they don't like it, they're going to ask me, okay. Here's your five minutes. What do you have? Yeah. And I'll have two other ones to pitch. Well, okay, you don't like that, but I do have this idea. Fantastic. So yeah. that's two other things I'm working on. You always have to have... They always say, like, and what I've learned from the filmmakers I've met, you can have your baby, but you always have to have other pots on the stove. Yeah. Generally, you see four burners on a stove. You should have three of those occupied. Okay, that's really good advice. So you can have one boiling, but you have to have two <laughs> other pots sitting there. Simmering. They're simmering. Yes, I'm very visual that you way. Are. So your baby's boiling. The baby's boiling. <laughs> Didn't we see that in a show? That was the bunny. The baby's boiling. The bunny was but the, boiling. But the other two have to be sitting there. So if you think about making a dinner, you know, you got the, the chicken potatoes, here, potatoes, and yeah. the green beans. That's yeah. way cooler than irons on a fire. Um, I've got some really exciting news, too, I want to break in right now. We're actually going to be um, at the Vancouver Taboo um, Naughty and Nice show this nice. year. We've got a booth there. So we are going to be uh, cool. yeah, having mm-hmm. Pacific Northwest Radio there. Awesome. And uh, Slipping in the Fray, I just got the message today. I let fingers know. So that's going to be really cool. So you have to come down. So when is that going to be? It's in February. I don't have the okay. date on me right now. I don't know if it's I went to that quickly. years ago and Did you? Ron Jeremy was there. Ron Jeremy. <laughs> oh like, my God. And I, was like, I hope he's not there. And I was like, <laughs> I do I really want a selfie with this guy? And it was so funny because... <laughs> Did you pull your dick out? No, he was walking around in like black sweatpants and orange... Um, uh, what are those stupid whole shoes that people wear? Oh, the um, Crocs, yeah. Crocs. He was oh. walking around those things. And then he oh, had, that's and just he not had, attractive. Like, I don't know. He had some rock shirt on. <laughs> I, I think it was Led Zeppelin or Head or something. A head probably, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, No, this is a few years ago before Head was around. <laughs> but um, he was walking around, and I remember my buddy saying to me, Look at this sad guy. Do you really want a picture with him? And oh, I kind of did. You did still it's even. so sad. So did you? Oh no, I never did. You I didn't. never got a picture with him. He's got a huge cock, but I would never fuck that guy. But ever. I, well, I, I don't want to picture him pay because me of that. I just think, I don't know. Oh, my it's God. It's a celebrity thing. It He's is, a totally. creepy, weird. It's creepy, He's weird, He's a greasy, yeah. greaseball guy. Oh, and then I started, And then I started thinking about this whole thing. Like, this guy's doing these shows, and he's going touring around. I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. Like, I love hotel life. I love traveling to new cities. I mean, I... That's all I've ever wanted was just to have that one little cult hit, and then I'd be this guy showing up at all these fan expo with the things, Croc shoes, you know, show, <laughs> signing things. People are paying for my hotel rooms and my booze, and yeah, and you'd be you like, know, and, "Hey, I'm Murray." And maybe Wilson maybe by then I'll have you know kids going. All right, Dad, I got the booth set up for you, so you can just sit right there, oh, and please don't embarrass God. us. Yeah, no You'd kidding. You'd be wearing a head shirt. <laughs> yeah. You would be yeah. wearing a head shirt. Yeah. Um, it's actually it's February 3rd to 5th, just so that we can throw that in. He'd be a good partner for a three-legged race. He would be. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who would be? Jeremy. He can do his own three-legged race. <laughs> So where, do you, so where do you put the potato sack? On all three legs? <laughs> Maybe. We'll have to ask. If he's at the show, we will ask him. Wow. But it's going to be cool. So I hope you come down and uh, you can come and check it out. We're going to be doing some live um, filming there. So that'll oh, I'll be, be kind of cool. I'm down for that. Okay, cool. That sounds really good. So keep... Excuse me. Yes? <laughs> Look at her hair, how wicked that is. 
Oh yeah, that's really wicked. Her hair is wicked. You can also you see talk about the hair right here. Right? Oh, here we've got a freeze frame of Sharon Stone and Michael Douglas. He's in between her legs. She's lying on her back, looking at is him. Not her hair is wild. Hair right there, and yep. she's yeah, got the big bush. It. Can you point to one bush. more time? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> What a picture that I'm pointing. <laughs> so keep your eyes on Murmur Pictures and Marie Walzelnuck this coming year. Really looking forward to seeing and hearing more from you, Love my it. friend. And uh, please check out his Facebook page. He's got Twitter, uh, his .com site. Do you want to give a shout out for that? Well, you can, if you ever want to get in touch with me, just go to uh, murmurpictures.com. Okay. Um, but if you're on Facebook, it's... Um, one more of the series. Oh, cool. So just um, go to Facebook, one more of the series. I don't know if it's .com, but it's... Well, there is one more of the series.com website. Right. But uh, there's, we're also on Facebook and, and all that stuff. So. Good, so people can tweet to you. And, and I'm a big social guy, so add me, whatever. Okay, cool. And if you can't, if for some reason you can't get a hold of him, you can always get a hold of me and then I'll pass him on. Because I think, girls, after this show, you're going to be wanting to know more about Mary Walzelnuck. So that's it for this show. Thanks again, everyone that tuned in. It's a pleasure as always. Yay. So much fun. Oh my God, it's so much fun tonight on Pacific Northwest Radio. Fingers, don't be afraid to mimic the sex scenes from any of these shows that we talked about tonight. It's fun, and you never know where it will lead you in the bedroom, the bathroom, the kitchen table, wherever. Anywhere those stars can do it, so can you. And don't forget to tell me about it. Oh, my God, write me, because you know I love to hear from you. Lyric underscore J at shell.ca. You can post on our Facebook page or email directly. Give me details. I want to hear all the naughty bits. So until next time, have fun, be safe, get your sex on, fuck all night long. Peace out. Isn't it great? Just wanted to have some